I had a wonderful guest on my show by the name of Tatum Langton. A few of her credits are General Hospital, Grey's Anatomy, and she was in American Crime Story Impeachment, which was actually a very, very good miniseries. She has also created her own one-woman show. Her stage show is called Redeem Her. It is a very personal story of her Mormon upbringing, her young marriage, and when she became unfaithful to her husband. I felt branded as this, as this adulteress, and um, and I was afraid, especially in those that early time, right after and during my divorce, that um, people were going to look at me and and people were going to talk and find out what I had done and. Uh, men weren't going to want to date me and I would never be loved again. Like I had all these thoughts going through my head because because I did feel branded as, as an adulterer. The most exciting part for her is that she is able to take this show clear over to Scotland. For the month of August, she will be performing nearly every single day. But in order to do that, it costs a lot of money. And just because she's been in TV shows doesn't mean she's rich. This woman has the capability of doing anything. And getting her to Scotland to the Fringe Festival is just another way to show people her talents, especially with her own personal story. In my episode notes for today's episode, you will find a link to her GoFundMe page. Or visit GoFundMe.com and search for Redeem Her. R-E-D-E-E-M-H-E-R, one word, redeem her. Hi, this is Adam from the UK, and today we're going to get a chance to hear from one of Rebecca's Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity exclusive Patreon episodes on today's Let's Ponder. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon. This is Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your support. And let's just go ahead and hop in and get into today's story. I grew up in a college city in the South. I was raised in a two-parent household, and I was the middle child with two sisters. My parents' marriage was consistently rocky. 
My dad is a functioning alcoholic and was an employee at the local Walmart on night shift. My mom was a church pianist and the secretary for the local college women's basketball team. So I basically grew up in the church and was singing in the choir every Sunday with my sisters. I was a super shy kid. I grew up with crooked teeth, which made me feel very self-conscious about smiling and caused me to have low self-esteem. When I was in school, I would get picked on daily because I was the chubby kid with crooked teeth and glasses. This led me to having serious anger issues and I would act out in the classroom and would always get into trouble. I would suppress all of my anger and never physically defend myself because I was too scared I would get into trouble at school. My father is six foot six, very intimidating, and he would hand out butt whoopings like the mailman delivering mail. The unresolved anger issues turned out to help me succeed as a football player. By my senior year of high school, I was six foot and 290 pounds all-state offensive lineman. Because of my Christian upbringing and low self-esteem, I graduated a virgin. I took pride in having the V-card and wanted to keep it until I met the person that I wanted to marry. I had a couple of girlfriends in high school, but it was never serious. I went on to graduate high school and play junior college football on an athletic scholarship. While in junior college, I met my first serious girlfriend, Katie. We met at a house party back in my hometown. She was a white girl, and her family didn't like the idea of her dating a black kid, so I became her big black secret. We attended separate junior colleges and were basically in a long-distance relationship. We talked, met up, and went on dates for about six months, but we never had sex. I fell in love with her and she had consumed my life. I later found out that she was messaging and flirting with one of my teammates. I called out about it and she said it was just innocent conversation. She then became distant. A few weeks later, she lied to me about going to a place with friends and found out that the teammate that she was flirting with was there. When I called her out about that, she completely broke off the relationship and ghosted me. I was destroyed and didn't know why she would leave so abruptly. She later contacted me and wanted to be just friends and just keep me on the hook. She was just basically using me for attention and with me being naive, I went along with it. I ended up being on the hook for about two more months. She later blocked me on all social media accounts and stopped returning my texts and calls. While all of this was going on, I was playing football as well as being recruited by a small university in the Mid-South. This is the place where I met my wife. In about a month of being at a new college, I went to a club with some of my teammates. I saw Amy dancing and drinking with her friend. Me, being shy, I got one of my teammates to ask her to dance with me. We then danced together for a couple of songs, and then she left. I didn't see her again for the rest of the night. Unbeknownst to me, one of my teammates hooked up with one of Amy's friends. 
He then gave Amy's friend my number, and Amy contacted me a few days later. We went on a few dates, and I became very attached to her. I was 21 years old at the time, and she told me she was 29. She was currently married with three kids and was in the process of getting divorced. I was okay with that because I was attached. After a few dates, she told me that she wanted to give me my first blowjob. I was very hesitant at first and denied her a few times, but I eventually gave in. After that, I was head over heels in love with her. About a month later, we had sex for the first time and I made the decision that she was going to be my wife. I was sexually and emotionally attached to her. It was then that I began to find out that there was another side to her. I found out that she was a huge attention seeker and that she would flirt with other guys behind my back. After one year of being at my new college, the school found out that it was going to lose its accreditation and it was going to close. I still had one year of football eligibility left and got a full scholarship to a large D2 college in Alabama. This would cause a riff in our relationship. I was still naive to all of the stuff that was going on in the relationship and looked past all of the red flags. While at the new college, Amy would come up to visit me a few times a month and I would drive back to the Mid-South and spend the weekends with her. One day out of the blue, she told me she thinks we should separate. I later found out that she was in a relationship with a coworker. I did everything that I could to talk her out of it. She called it off for about three weeks and came back like nothing happened. A few weeks later, we met up again and had sex. A few weeks after that, she told me she was pregnant. I began to freak out and panic. I was able to suck it up, gather myself, and put myself in the mental space of being a father. It was a short-lived feeling because she later had a miscarriage. In a strange way, the miscarriage brought us closer together. After I graduated, we decided to get married. We moved in together with her three kids and attempted to build a family. There was a family conflict along the way, but we made it work. I struggled for a while to find a decent job, but ended up working at Walmart because no good paying jobs would hire someone with a degree and no work experience. In my opinion, everything seemed to be going okay relationship wise. We struggled with bills and I began to look for a second job. I then was able to find a job as a non-faculty high school football coach to bring in extra money into the house. She later had our first son, and for me, life was great. I was later hired by the local police department, and a year later, she gave birth to our baby girl. But the couple of years of coaching during the evening and working nights on the street took a toll on our relationship, because I wasn't around as much, and I was always tired. Sex became scarce, and she was never in the mood. One day in March, she asked to go out with her work friends to a magic man show and blow off some steam. I didn't care. I said that was fine. A week later, I saw that she posted pictures of her hugged up with strippers and in their laps. 
I felt extremely disrespected. If you're going to do something like that, why post it on social media? I then let her know how I felt. She explained that she was caught up in the moment and that it wouldn't happen again. Months later, I found out that she was in a secret sex group on Facebook with some of her coworkers. They would flirt, send pics and videos to each other, and talk about having sex with each other. That upset me as well, and I began to develop resentment towards her and was no longer able to trust her. She apologized and said that she was looking for attention because I wasn't giving her enough. We continued to talk and tried to work through things. A few months later, we were in bed together. I was sleeping, but then when I woke up, I saw her staring at a guy's picture on Instagram. She then liked the picture. A couple seconds later, she received a text message from someone named R.A. When I looked closer, I could see that the guy on Instagram had R.A. in his name. Seeing this set me off. It was my breaking point. We screamed, cussed, everything in the book. She had this stoic look on her face the whole time. I left for work and she texted me and tried to calm me down. She said it was her trainer. I ignored her and became cold toward her for a couple of weeks. She then said that we needed to take a break. I was like, what the fuck, take a break? She said, yeah, I'm confused and I don't see a future with us. From that point on, she became distant. She stopped answering my texts and would only text me about the kids and stuff involving the house. During that time, I begged and pleaded for her not to do what she was doing and tried to win her back. I eventually hit my breaking point after seeing that she removed her marital status and pictures of me from her Facebook page. I told her that if she has another dude to let me know so I won't look like a goofy idiot to our friends and family and that if she has sex with another guy, our relationship would be over and she'd lose me forever. After a month of ignoring me, she began to answer my texts and we got closer. We began to grow and become stronger again. A couple of years later, information about the Facebook group began to get back to me via her co-worker's husband, who was also in the group. He sent me screenshots of her posting about wanting to suck other guys' dicks, as well as posts about wanting to be gangbanged by guys in the group and by guys that she knew outside of the group. I confronted her with the screenshots. I also lied to her and told her that I had obtained the text messages between her and R.A. and that I knew everything that they talked about. I told her she needed to tell me the truth and I needed to hear it from her mouth. She told me that she was only in the Facebook group because she was wanting attention and that I wasn't giving her enough. She then confessed that she met up with R.A. a few times. She said that one time she gave him clothes for his kids, another time they kissed and he fingered her, but she stopped him because she didn't feel right about doing that. She was adamant that that was the only thing that they had done together physically. To this day, I don't believe her. Her explanation of doing everything that she did was because I wasn't giving her the attention that she wanted and needed. 
She felt like I put coaching football and my police work over her. She was very remorseful and apologetic. I was devastated and depressed. I felt like she gave up on me. I was embarrassed to the point of where I wanted to commit suicide, but the thought of my kids growing up without a father was the reason why I never followed through. After she told me everything, I felt like she died to me. I would see her face, but it was like I was looking at a different person. The person that I knew and fell in love with was gone forever, and that hurt even more. In the last conversation we had on the topic, I asked her, you really risked me and our family for some attention? She didn't have an answer. It was rhetorical. To this day, I am still married to her, and at times I have spells of depression, anger, and sadness. It's like I'm still in mourning, but I play the happy husband role and act like nothing happened and that I'm over everything. I still do my father and husbandly duties, protect, provide, romance, sex, etc. But I constantly feel dead on the inside. I've thought about leaving and filing for divorce, but I know that it would run the risk of not being able to see my kids every day, and I'm not going to let that happen. I see how my stepkids have emotional issues because of divorcing their father. So I will just suffer in this relationship until my kids leave for college. My plan is to leave her after the kids leave, but that is a long time from now and things could change. But as of right now, I don't think it will. She says that she is a different person and that we should keep everything in the past. I can't. I inevitably put the blame on me. I had a porn addiction and would get caught watching porn numerous times. She didn't like that at all. I explained that it wasn't because of her or the way she looked or anything like that. I was doing it because the dopamine hit that I would get, but she didn't understand. In some ways, I feel this may have caused her to do what she did. I continuously blame myself for everything that occurred. If I would have seen the red flags in her, would I have avoided ending up in this situation? If I would have stopped watching porn or had been able to show her more attention, would it have happened? Those are some of the questions that run through my head constantly, but on the other hand, I know that she suffers from multiple emotional and psychological issues. She has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and I also believe that she suffers from histronic personality disorder, which causes her to act out the way she does. But that's another novel in relationships, living and loving partners with mental and emotional disorders. Throughout this marriage, I have never talked to or messaged another woman in a flirtatious or sexual manner. Thank you, Edward, for sending this in. I know and I can tell that it was really hard for you to discuss this. But there are a couple of things that I would like to say about this. One being that you cannot blame yourself for this. As you know, I don't condone infidelity. I work with people who 
deal with female infidelity. I work with the women in your wife's situation, and I work with the men in your situation. She made a choice to cheat. She made a choice to be dishonest, just as you made the choice to be turned on by porn. You know, it, there's no, yes, what you did was wrong. Yes, what she did was wrong. You made a choice. She made a choice. Nobody can force us to make that decision. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about infidelity. You know, if somebody is in a situation where literally they're kidnapped and being forced to do things, that's one thing. But she actively sought out this Facebook group, said the things she needed, said she needed more attention from you. And this led her to this. So backing up a little bit, there are a lot of situations and a lot of stories that have come through here where the women feel that they are invisible to their husbands. I myself, just with my husband that passed away, I felt ignored. He was wrapped up in his own world. He didn't go out of his way to um, be affectionate. It was things that we struggled with for years. I didn't cheat on him, but I know how that can happen. Um, And that's not an excuse for her. So the best thing would have been for her to come to you and talk to you. Hey, this is really hard for me and try and work it out with you directly. But she chose to step outside the marriage. You never forced her. So I encourage you to work through that with yourself and this um, blaming of yourself, you need to work on forgiving yourself for looking at what you did with the porn and admit that, you know what? Amy made this choice. She didn't have to, no one forced her to, but I'm still here trying to do everything I can to make this marriage work. When I'm looking at what you wrote in regards to holding on for the kids, and I've said this before, When a couple divorces, that doesn't mean you're abandoning your children. And and I talk about this myself. My parents did not get along. It was horrible. And when they actually separated separated and got divorced, I felt better because then I knew I wasn't going to have to see unhappy people and I wasn't going to hear it. I still had my father very much in my life and I lived with my mom. So... For people to say I'm hanging on because of the kids, that says a lot about you as a parent. But as your children get older, they may learn about what happened and they may question, Dad, why did you deal with that? Why didn't you make other choices? Why did you choose to stay and be unhappy? You know, and I'm not encouraging either way for divorce or not. I'm just giving you things to think about. Um, we only have one life to live and we need to make the best of it. And, you know, even though things are, you say, you're, you say that you're trying to kind of just, you know, hang in there until then. What's Amy's take on this? What is her, have you guys talked about long term? Um, what she sees for you in the future? Um, you know, what kinds of things like that? I would love to learn a little bit more about where Amy is at this point in time in your marriage. Um, I know that you probably will never be able to trust her again. And and I think that that is normal. However, it is also 
normal to eventually not have it so much in the forefront of your mind like it may still be. And that eventually you just kind of get back into normal routine. You'll never forget, but you're able to deal with it. And when you refer to like the death of your marriage, absolutely. That is how I see a lot of infidelity situations. The marriage and the person you thought you had and you knew is absolutely not. It is a big betrayal. You feel like you've been lied to. And what you knew of is your marriage and relationship in a sense no longer exists. So in a way, it's like death. So I can completely understand that. I just want to ask for you just think long term. Do you want this marriage to work with your wife? Do you think it could? If it can, can you guys do therapy together to try and learn how to build back up trusts and have those uh, candid discussions with a non-biased person, um, those types of things. And maybe you can find out a little bit more about her and what she wants and she can understand more about you. The goal here ultimately is to let you know you are not alone. There are a lot of men listening to this podcast at this moment Uh, to this story, and they can shake their head and go, man, I know exactly how you're feeling. And so it's very nice for each person to understand they are not alone in these situations. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to access story guides, subscribe to Patreon for bonus episode of the men's side of female infidelity, and to vote for this podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story for the show, share feedback, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or send by snail mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Every story is always anonymous. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is produced and edited by Rebecca Adams. You can follow the show on Facebook at Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, on Instagram at Podcast Raw Truth, and on Twitter at Raw Female. Thank you again, and be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. My dad is a functioning, not a functioning, (laughs) to do what she was going to do and tried to win her back. And that is not what he wrote. Then she became distance. Distance. (laughs) I grew up with cricket teeth, which made me feel very (laughs) self-confident. My father is six foot six. Very intimidating, and he would hand out butt whoopings like the mailman on delivery day. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. This led me to having serious anger. <laughs> uh, yeah. The unresolved anger issue turned out to be helpful 
And, oh crap, I'm never going to make it through. Sorry, guys. I was then able to find a job as a non-faculty high school football coach to bring extra money into the house. That didn't come out right. She was just basically using me for my attention and with... Uh, <laughs> uh, shit. A month later... In the last conversation, we had a topic... In the last con... Oh, my voice. She was a white girl, and her family didn't like her idea of dating a black... I didn't like her... We went on a few dates, and I became very attached to her. Attached. After one year of being at my new college... After of being at my new college, the school found out that it was going to lose its accreditation. Accreditation? Oh my god. That's another novel in relationships. Living and loving partners with mental and emotional disorders. (gasps) 